Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. Now, the power of employees, it's rapidly grown in the Singapore market. And now senior executives are considering talent availability as the top threat to organizational health. In fact, only 30% of organizations are actually prepared to respond to this dearth of talent. This is according to findings of a new study by global leadership advisory and search firm, Russell Reynolds Associates. The study found that executives are more concerned over retention strategies than changes in consumer behavior or geopolitical uncertainty. So you know this is a serious problem. But are the next generation of C-level leaders really doing enough to retain the talent that they have? And how can they invest in talent development amid the current business environment? Let's find out more from Ulrika Wiedervilt. She is Russell Reynolds Associates Singapore Managing Director. Hi, Ulrika. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. Hi, Marathi. Thanks to be here and happy to speak to you. So let's talk about this. Not a very happy topic, is it? I mean, in the thick of the pandemic, major health threats, economic uncertainty, technological change, it held leaders' attention as organizations determine how to navigate this new world. Now, economic uncertainty has drawn even more attention to leadership and how they are managing things on the ground. So considering that they're worried about the dearth of talent in their specific industries, why is it that a lot of organizations are still struggling with this? They recognize the problem. What's preventing them from fixing it? Yeah, thank you for your question and really looking forward to give you some kind of insights what we can see. We are doing consultancy in leadership advisory and what we never have seen, that is a world of uncertainty, economic uncertainty, inflationary pressure and massive market downturns. We have cautious investors now, supply chain fractures. So, and then coupled with ongoing rapids of technological advancement and high-profile governance issues rearing its head across industries. So that means there's a lot of tension around, and then we have the geopolitical tension as well, so affecting global capital markets and the business normal. It's feeling a bit the world is totally different than it was three years ago. So our Singapore results of the study, the 2022 Global Leadership Monitor, revealed that 47% of leaders indicate confidence to face economic growth challenges. Only 20% indicated readiness towards addressing geopolitical crisis. These are key implications for leadership teams. So that means we have to think differently how we get the best team on board and how we can manage this team and how we can retain the best people and what we have to change. Based on your observations, what do you think they need to change in order to be able to do all of those things more competently? I do think we really have to look in depth on leadership and how we are leading. So if we go to our CEOs and the people being responsible, they might be great in their perspective and that what they think of the firm. But very often this kind of leadership is not going through all layers. So that means in between you might have kind of, I call that clay layer where people cannot grow up, where they do not know what is my development path. So what can I do to move forward? What we have seen, that especially employee engagement, retention strategies, we have to do a lot more than before to keep the people on. Because especially on this COVID phase, many people started to think what is the purpose. 
and what is the collective perception of work value. So they would like to change something. And we found out as well that we have around 53% of people thinking what they can do and changing the job. So what they can differently is really engaging with the employees. And that means when you have a clear vision, you have to speak about the vision and you have to be close close to your people. What I'm saying very often is we have seen that with the CEOs, they cannot just ghosting or vanishing or whatever, then things mm. are going to be difficult. They really should stay in and being yeah, close to their own people. Ulrika, don't you think that organizations should be spending more time developing their leaders before they can expect those leaders to be able to develop their staff and engage better with their employees? To what extent would you say not enough is really being done in terms of leadership development? Totally right, Bharati. What we can see is very often you're hiring people and you're putting them in the position and it's a bit plug and play. Mm. And are you really analyzing before what is a team, what kind of leader they need? What are the competences you do have in the team already? But what are the kind of competences you do need for the future? So what is the right personality of a leader? Do you need three times in a row somebody who's really tough and really cost-cutting and being very autocratic with the team? Or do they need somebody more balancing balancing the team and get the right people in? And training. So what we can see, we are spending a lot of money on hiring. How much we are spending on onboarding? How structured is this process of onboarding? Um, do they speak to the people they do have in the team? Are they engaging with them when they're starting? So all this kind of processes till they, they are able to lead their team it can be a lot more thought through and it's not a plug and play anymore. Yeah, I think a lot of organizations need to come to terms with that, that they really need to invest in people at all levels, not just rank and file staff, but maybe start with the leadership as well. And in connection with that, Ulrika, I understand from various studies that C-level leaders themselves are leaving companies because they too are asking the same questions that employees at lower levels are asking. So what are the risks that are present here in terms of attracting and retaining the next generation of C-level leaders? (laughs) I mean, if you have the next generation leaders, then look at your own kids today. Mm. When we see our own kids, very often they can teach us how to use the iPhone or how to have a new technical device or whatever. So I think the major change is in former times, the CEO was the smartest person in the room, and that is changing somehow. Now you might have specialists or people who are coming from the data world, from the technical programming. They know a lot more than you know. So you have to be better in accepting there might be a new next generation understanding how to lead the team and enabling them how they can do that. I mean, there's one thing what we can see. We had so many people, young talent going for startups, going for different new things. So um, losing this quality leaders not only entails operational succession complexity, but also further amplifies the challenge of engaging with an increasingly purpose-driven employee base. So that means people who see more purpose in a new startup, they might leave you and saying, yeah, I'm just trying that. What is interesting, if I may say that, at the moment we see it's getting a bit more difficult to get the funds paid and to get the funds filled. So I just spoke to some big people, somebody who is leading uh, Procter & Gamble for Asia. Mm. What they can see, now they get the great data-driven people they want to have because they're searching a bit more for safety 
security and a development path. It's just yeah, a small light we can see, but there might be some changes. Right. And I'm pretty sure flexibility is a big part of the solution. Yet, what C-suite leaders think and what HR departments think or HR personnel think often are disparate, right? So how should that gap between C-suite leadership, the HR department and employees be addressed better? How can that gap be closed within an organization? What are some of your suggestions? Great one. When I look at it, especially with the flexibility, I mean, talent crunch across various industries we have seen since many years. But I remember I had a visit here six years ago when I was uh, responsible for Shanghai, the office, and then coming down to Singapore. And I, I was speaking to some female employees being really desperate that they cannot stay at home when somebody is not doing well or whatever, or when there is something with the parents and, and so on. So then we had the, the only positive thing from Corona is that we have a lot more freedom for people to stay at home and work from home when it's used. Still, we have some areas in the business where we have CEOs, and I would call them a bit the traditional one, and as well in HR, they want to see the people. Only yeah. when they see their people, they have the feeling they are good. Mm. Or they just and don't they, know how to manage remote teams. They don't have the know-how, <laughs> see. Exactly. So they think when they're here, it's a lot better. I do think, and we as Rosarena, we, we have to help people to lead more per KPIs and per results. So when you're a good leader, you give the task what they should do, what they should achieve to your people, and then you're leading by these achievements and results. So and not if they are present or not. It does not mean somebody is 10 hours a day in, in the company and then he's really good. It can be that he's looking six hours in his internet or whatever. No, I think if you're good in KPI leading, having a clear vision, speaking about that vision, what you want to have, having a clear appraisal process, so what the people that they do know what they have to do, then you can lead them as well when they're not always in the office. The other thing what I have observed here, and I was last year already here, and when we're starting to be in the office, when office life is vibrant, agile, and you have a lot of lunch and share, learning sessions, how you develop people, then they're coming back to the office. It's a bit, they have to need a purpose, why they're coming. And if they have the feeling we have the communication, we see each other, we can, we can solve a problem, you have project teams, then they like to come back. When they have the feeling they're sitting alone in their office, why should they come back? Yeah, exactly. And flexibility, I think, needs to be manifested in more ways than one, not just in terms of where you work or how many hours you work, but also in terms of how different generations within the organization are led. Each generation is different in terms of expectations too, right? Yeah, they are different. And what is important that you have a good mix of people. So I mix, I mean, ethnically that you have different, different people with different backgrounds, and the same as it could be with the female, the male, whatever. So if people learn different things and you bring them together, we are all learning more. And diversity brings better results. I mean, that's everywhere like that. Right. Certainly. Thank you very much for your time today. Ulrika Vidovilt, Russell Reynolds Associates, Singapore Managing Director. Thanks for joining us on Prime Time. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.